Welcome to A Church in the City, a podcast sharing messages, sermons, and talks from Downtown Christian Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We exist to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. On this episode, we're sharing a message titled Walking in the Fear of the King from Kevin Grinwis, originally recorded May 2nd, 2021. This is part three of a six-part series titled The Kingship of Christ, exploring how scripture reveals to us over and over who Jesus is and why he is worthy to be called the King of Kings. Kevin shared Proverbs 9, 10 as an introduction to his message, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So as Chris mentioned, this is... This is week three, and we're talking about the kingship of Christ. For me, this came out of, uh, if, you, if you remember, if you were here in January, uh, a few things that I, I, I shared at the beginning of the year that I, I felt like the Lord was you know, kind of calling me back to, and, and as usual, I sort of you know, extended that out to, to all of y'all just to say, hey, you know, I, I think the Lord is, is calling us back to, um, and one of those things is, is, is just, uh, how do I say it? Um, an increased awareness of the kingship of Christ. And uh, I've been asking a lot of people lately, you know, if I said just kind of get together with people or what have you for coffee or, or, or meals or just talking, um, it's a common question that, I, that I've been asking folks, and I'm getting some really good responses, um, which is great. But um, do you want to start a revolution? Do you want to start a revolution? And so here this morning, that's the first thing I want to ask you is, do you want to start a revolution? Do you want to be a part of a revolution? Anybody? Come on, can I get a clap or a or a, yeah, or a jump up and down or throw your chair at the wall or whatever you want to do. Just show me you're excited. Please don't throw the chair at the wall. That was a terrible idea. I, I take that back. Um, uh, if you need to pick it up, you could pick it up lightly and set it back down. The good folks at the Goey Center um, would appreciate us not trashing their furniture. Um, I, there's a quote uh, from a book, Mere, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, and I've been accused of quoting C.S. Lewis too much, but I don't really care. Because I quote Jesus way more often. So as long as I keep quoting Jesus more often than C.S. Lewis, I feel like my, my scales are balanced well. So, um, but it's a really good quote. I love the way he says this. He says, uh, enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part of a great campaign of sabotage. He's calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. Spent some time in the COVID ward this week at the hospital. I got tested, don't worry. 
Um, I'm good. Um, I'm actually invincible to COVID. I don't know if you knew that or not. If you didn't know that, you should come talk to me. I'll tell you all about it. Um, but as I was there and I was there to see a, a really good friend and hopefully he's watching today and blessings on you, brother. Just love you, man. Um, God, I just love you. Um, the devil's a thief and a liar. All right, just get that out. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all over the place today, so try to keep up. I, I have notes, but I don't know if I'm gonna use them. Almost didn't have them this morning, and so maybe that was God telling me not to use them. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see where we wind up because we're talking about walking in the fear of the King today, and and uh, so as I as I approach this morning, um, I, I do approach it with some reverence. And uh, we'll say even trepidation um, at what God might have to say to us all this morning. But I was in the COVID ward and, and uh, I, I just couldn't get over the heaviness of oppression and loneliness and hopelessness that was just, it was just palpable in the air. And it's interesting because I think there's a lot of that all around us. And you know, I was talking with um, Jonathan and Sarah, we were having uh, dinner the other night and, and I was like, you know, you get to that place where the enemy just pushes you just too far. You just get pushed just a little bit too far. Like the enemy just comes in and messes with you you know, and like, you don't really pay much attention to it and little weird, um, you know, uh, nuisances and annoyances and all this other stuff. And you, you really don't give it much mind, but then all of a sudden, like, like, uh, you just get pushed too far and you kind of snap. And I, I say to Jamie a lot, this happens a lot. And I say to Jamie, man, that, that enemy, he, he just showed me his face. He just showed me his face and now I know what he's up to and now I can stand against it and I can go after it. And I love that because, you know, the reality is, is that Jesus said greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And so this may be enemy occupied territory, but Jesus said greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. And so the reality is that by nature of the fact that we are friends of the king, which I'll talk about next week. By nature, the fact that we are citizens of the kingdom, by nature, the fact that we live in the truth of the king, which Chris talked about last week, and, and we know this great and glorious king and who he is and the, and the majesty and the, and the splendor and the power and the, um, the, the victory and the, the overcoming and the absolute total 100% perfection and sovereignty that belongs to him. As we stand in that, we can say, no, no, I, I just saw what you're doing and, and I'm, I'm not going to play that anymore. Right. You know, and I'm not saying that we should sit there and shout at the devil and spend all a bunch of time and give him a bunch of attention and energy because that's really what he wants. He really wants your affection. He really wants your attention. He really wants your energy. You know, it's like, you know, you've been in those church services where like they spend 25 minutes at the beginning, like shouting about the devil instead of worshiping God. 
I'm like, what are you doing? Can we just spend like, like 30 seconds saying the enemy can't have his way here? Because that's really all we need. Really all we need is just to say the enemy can't have his way here. And then the rest of the time, let's, let's spend like lavishing love and adoration on our great God and Savior. So here he is, right? So he, he rears his ugly head and all of a sudden it's like, it's like, oh, that's what's going on. Okay, so then I get mad and, and I was talking to John. He's like, yeah, it's like in The Patriot. So I actually went home and watched that movie again, which is really, I mean, okay. It's rough. It's a rough movie, but man, what a great, great, great film. And, you know, it's like that, that point where he's like, nah, I got to protect my family. I got to protect my kids. I got to protect my home and all this other stuff. And he doesn't want to lose more. And then all of a sudden the enemy comes in and takes one more thing. And he snaps and goes crazy on him with a tomahawk. Since day one, we've been talking about the fact that DCC exists to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. DCC doesn't exist to have big meetings. DCC doesn't exist to get more people in this room. DCC doesn't exist to have good production. DCC doesn't exist to have a good live stream. DCC doesn't exist to make people feel comfortable. DCC doesn't exist to make people feel comfortable about their politics. DCC doesn't exist to give people pat on the back answers and make people feel warm and fuzzy about their sin. DCC doesn't exist to roll over and play dead when the enemy runs rampant in our society and our culture. DCC doesn't exist to sit here flaccid while the enemy has his way with our kids. DCC exists to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. So do you want to start a revolution? Who's in? Who's in? All right, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. Instructions to follow. Listen, I want to read this scripture um, talking about the fear of the king because I think this all plays in. And I'm telling you, like, man, when I first gave my life to Jesus, I was... Like, powerfully aware of how clueless I was on how to operate my life in any sort of righteousness. I was powerfully aware that I was like, I was like, man, I just would, I would pray and I would fast and I would get on my face before God about every little tiny thing. And I would just spend all this time with God, I just want to do. I mean, I remember, I remember sitting in coffee houses and just, just praying to myself, God, I just want to do the thing that you have for me in this particular situation. And I remember amazing, miraculous situations where God would come and he would speak to me in just ways that I would just blow my mind. I'm sitting in a coffee house one time and I was uh, just recently, maybe two, three weeks, gave my life to Jesus and I was, my stuff was all in Philadelphia. I was living out there with a group of folks in a, we said we were in a band, but we really were just smoking dope. eating Cheetos and watching movies, burning through all my money. So I came back here, you know, I'll tell you the whole story, but 
So I get saved, I give my life to Jesus, which is really cool. And um, I'm on this new path and, and I'm with my friends at this coffee house downtown and, and I just, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, God, what do I do? Like, like God, do I, do, I, do I go back out there in Philly and like try to be a light in there? in that place or, or what have you? Do I go out there and get all my stuff and move back? And what should I do? And I just didn't know. And he didn't know. And I was agonizing. So I sit there and I'm sitting there by myself. My two friends are going back and forth. And I think they're talking about something with politics or something like that. It was whatever. It was just wah, 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 wah. It was like Charlie Brown's teacher just going in the background, you know? And so I'm just praying. I'm just like, Lord, it was so simple. We got to get back to simple. Come on, can we get back to simple? This is really a simple deal. And I just said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I see all the little signs, you know, here and there. Things that would lead me to believe that I should move back, you know, to Grand Rapids and, and kind of move my life back here. Um, but I need to be sure. Because I've screwed up so bad. And I've made so many mistakes and I've run my life into the ground. And I really, I'm really in a deep, 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 deep pit, you know? Um, and thanks for finding me there, by the way. Um, so I really need you. And this is what I said. I said, Lord, I really need you to run the heavens and come down and grab me by the shirt collar and look me in the face and tell me what it is you want me to do. Amen. Went back to my coffee. Flash forward 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. I'm over at my brother's house. My brother at the time was not serving the Lord in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> very far from it. Well, we all were far from it. Uh, anywho, so we're sitting there and I'm talking to him and I'm sharing with him how excited I am. I gave my life to Jesus and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, fire, I'm on fire and God's so good. And he met me at my point of, you know, just absolute filth, loved me, called me, called me son, all that. And, uh, and I said, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I was sort of sharing the story with him. And, and, um, I didn't tell him any of the stuff that I was praying. And he goes, you know, Kev, sometimes you got to pay attention to little signs. Sometimes you got to pay attention to little signs, you know. He goes, he goes, God doesn't always run the heavens and come down and grab you by the shirt collar and look you in the face and tell you exactly what he wants you to do. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I said. I'm like, bleep. I'm like, whoa, dude. I'm like, dude, dude, dude. God, God just spoke through you. You know, I'm new to all this stuff, you know. And, uh, He's like, what? I was like, so I told him the whole story. He's like, oh my gosh, you know. And, and um, anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, I moved my stuff back. It was a whole long story. But the point was like, like I was just so simple. It was so simple. And, you know, I was, I was reading this scripture um, in pre, pre, you know, preparation for this, this talk. And, and it's in Proverbs, Proverbs 9 and 10. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10, and, and it says this. It says, give instruction to a wise person and he will become still wiser. Teach a righteous person and he will increase his insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, a little lesson on poetry. 
I'm going to digress here for just a second. Try to keep up with me. Uh, in the Bible, there's five books that are referred to as books of poetry, and Proverbs is one of them. And there's a common poetic device. It's called a couplet. Maybe you're familiar with a couplet. Well, the Hebrews loved the use of the couplet, and they also loved the use of something called parallelism. And parallelism is where you contrast two statements, but you don't contrast them. They actually complement each other and sort of mirror one another. Like, give instruction to a wise person and he will become still wiser. Teach a righteous person and he will increase his insight. It's like a mirror, it's like a mirror statement, right? It's not exactly the same. It's not written exactly the same. It's not spoken exactly the same, but it's, but it's meant to complement, right? And so when he says in this book, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. To me, what I read there is that the fear of the Lord is the knowledge of the Holy One. See, we think about the fear of the Lord and we get all you know, spooky and we get all like, ooh, and like, oh, God is, you know, like we get this, um, we get images of the Greeks and Zeus with the, with the mighty thunderbolt and, and like God, like how many of you actually at some point in your life lived your life where you were envisioned God the Father, like the Greek, you know, God Zeus, where, God, where he was up there somewhere on top of a holy mountain somewhere surrounded by clouds and he was this man in this big, you know, gray beard and long robe and he had thunder in his hand and he was getting ready to just smite you down you know, at like the slightest little misstep or mistake or whatever. This is not God. This is not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is some Greek fairy tale. So beware lest you fall into that kind of thing. So we talk about the fear of the Lord. It's not so much about being afraid. It's not at all about being afraid. It's about reverence. It's about awe. It's about the fact that he's glorious. He's glorious. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's full of splendor. You know, and yet the writer here in Proverbs parallels the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of the Holy One, the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the Holy One. Walking in the fear of the Lord is walking in the knowledge of the Holy One. Do you see what I'm saying? Walking in the fear of the Lord, walking in awe of his splendor is walking in knowing who he is in a greater capacity. But it's not just a knowledge. It's not an academic cerebral thing. Okay, the Hebrew concept of, of knowing is not about academia or about something that happens maybe with, with neurons and electrons and stuff in your brain. It's a deep, intimate knowledge. It's based off the word yada, right? From, and which is first found in Genesis where, 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 um, where we read that Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant. Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant. That's that same word, knowing, right? It says that Moses knew God as a man knows his friend face to face. That's that same word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Know him, acknowledge him. That's that same word and he will make your paths straight. This concept of intimate knowledge face to face. This is what I'm talking about. And this is what I believe the Lord is calling me back to. And I believe that he's calling us all back to this, to where we're getting on our face and saying, God, I, I want to 
participate in the revolution, in this great game of sabotage, in this enemy-occupied territory, because if not, why are you here? If not, what's the point? You might, if not, get saved and go to, go to heaven. Are you here for a reason? Is there purpose? Or is this all just a big random chain of events? And you're just matter. Do we, do we go the route of the materialist? Where all of this is just made up of some substance and there's really nothing to it and it's all just a random system of chaos and nothing. That's not Christianity. <laughs> not even close. Christianity is the belief that the God and creator of all of this stopped at nothing to come and to make it all right again so that we could be redeemed and brought back into family. So that that, so that that redemption would take root in our hearts and our souls and our spirits in us and that it would permeate and perpetrate a great, a great campaign of sabotage in the world around us and that others would join into that campaign. Come on, who's seen The Matrix? Who wants to unplug some people? Who wants to unplug some people? Can I get some hands? No, nobody? Okay, cool. Let's unplug. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this, there's so, I mean, we could just sit here and talk about movies all day, which would be fun, but probably not so productive. But, you know, you can't hit a dinger every day, right? So, so here's the thing. It's a baseball term. What's so funny? Hit a dinger? Home run? All right. Where am I going with this? I totally just <laughs> sidetracked myself. I have coffee here a second. Hang on. Okay. So we're unplugging people. Right? But we're unplugging people, right? Walking in the fear of the Lord, okay? Here's what I'm saying. Like, we're not like, oh, okay, cool. We report to headquarters and we're like, okay, we get our marching orders and we're like, okay, okay, cool. This mission will self-destruct and we go about our merry way. No, we're literally walking with the king, right? The king is with you. His presence is with you every single day. He's in you, right? Tabernacling, right? The Holy Spirit, comforter, friend, helper, right? Guide, counselor, great and mighty things, way greater, way mightier, way more amazing things will you do in my name. What would Jesus say, right? So he's saying, look, when I send the counselor, when I send the comforter, when I send the Holy Spirit, he's gonna come and he's gonna tabernacle inside of you. And then as you go, you're gonna go do the stuff, the same stuff that we did together. He's saying this to his disciples, the same stuff that we did together, you're gonna go and do, and you're gonna be able to do even more because it's gonna be exponential. It's gonna be exponential, right? It's a movement. 
It's a movement. It's not, a, it's not, a organ, it's not an organization. The Church of Jesus Christ, okay, that's a denomination, but, but the bigger picture, Church of Jesus Christ, is not an organization, it's a movement. It's a movement, but, but probably more properly, it's part of a kingdom. More properly, it's part of a kingdom. It's a, it's a subset of a kingdom, right? The church, there's the church. I mean, the kingdom is way bigger than just, you know, what happens here. It's huge. I'll read this to you. This is from John, the book of John in the Bible. This one. I'm not going to read it from this one. You can read it from this one if you want, but I'm going to read it from this. Uh, that's okay because it's easier. I'll probably talk about this a little bit next week too um, in the sense of uh, walking as a friend of the king. That's next week's topic. This week we're talking about walking in the fear of the king, walking in the knowledge of the Holy One. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, starting in verse 12, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. The king has an agenda, friends. There's an agenda in the kingdom. Simply put, it is redemption. Unplugging people, sabotage. says, I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Again, not to belabor the point, but he doesn't say go. He doesn't say I appointed you so that you could stay and feel comfortable. Sorry. He doesn't say I appointed you so that you could Go to church on Sunday and sing nice songs and have good coffee. Although, who doesn't like good coffee? I mean, I know some people that don't, but wow, that's weird. He doesn't say I appointed you. He doesn't say I appointed you. He doesn't say, there's a lot of things he doesn't say, but he is saying, I appointed you so that you would go. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. So the reality is, is that we're meant to go. And as we go 
to ask for things in his name and the Father will give them to us. What are the things? Well, it could be a lot of things, right? But that's where the knowledge of the Holy One comes into play. Knowing his heart, knowing the things that are on his heart, knowing the things that he has for you, knowing what he's, knowing what he's doing right now, even asking him and saying, God, what should I do about this particular thing right now? God, what should I do about this thing? Like the story I told you, yeah, okay, so that was a big thing. It was a move. It was a life-changing decision. But what about the little things? What about the people around you? What about the people you work with? Or what about your family? Or God, what do I do about this thing with my kids? Or God, what do I do about this thing with my girlfriend or my wife or my husband or my fiance or my, or my brother or my sister or my cousin or the person at the grocery store? God, what do I do about that thing? God, what are you saying here? Are we meant to go and to bear fruit or are we meant to stay and feel comfortable? I'm running low on time and I want to share a few things that I really just felt really strongly that the Lord had for me to share with with you this week about walking in the fear of the king. And remember, when I say walking in the fear of the king, I mean walking in the knowledge of the Holy One. Walking in every day knowing him. And I know we talk about that a lot here at DCC, but guess what? I'm gonna keep doing it. Because it's really, really important. Because Christianity is not about some sort of static thing. It's not cerebral. It's not about... I mean, I'm not saying doctrine and learning is not important. It is important and it's good, but it's, but, but you're, but it's about your relationship with Jesus. It's about, it's about knowing him every single day and walking with him in the cool of the day. Friends, you were made for the seventh day. Okay. That's a whole nother message, but think about it, right? Adam and Eve, they were made on the sixth day, but they were made for the seventh day. The seventh day was a day of rest, walking with God in the cool of the day. Adam naming the animals, all this stuff, they're, they're tending the garden, they're, all of these things are given this mandate. You were made to go and to bear fruit. We were made for this. That's why humanity was created to be God's man on the scene, his agent in creation, carrying the torch of his heart, his goodness, his love. His creative genius. All of this stuff. This is what we were made for. We're made to be vessels of glory and honor. The Holy Spirit comes in tabernacles inside of me for crying out loud. Wow. And you. And all of us. Listen, a few thoughts on walking in the fear of the king I want to share with you. Number one is that just because you're not good at it, doesn't change the assignment. Is anybody listening? Just because you're not good at it doesn't change the assignment. And what's the assignment? The assignment is to go and bear fruit and whatever you ask in the name of the, in in, in Jesus' name, the Father will give you, right? That's what he says there in, in John 12. And you know what? There's way more to the assignment than just that. We could talk about other things, but, but, but let's just keep it simple for today's purpose. But listen, just because you're not good at going and bearing fruit doesn't change the assignment. It doesn't change that. It doesn't change that Jesus has called us to do that. Number two, beware of spiritualizing disobedience through the deification of your own understanding. 
That's a big one. Beware of spiritualizing disobedience through the deification of your own understanding. What do I mean by that? I mean that sometimes we exalt our understanding of a situation above the truth of God's word. And when we do that, we spiritualize disobedience. I'm telling you, I do it. Maybe you guys don't, which is awesome. I mean, y'all are way more spiritual than me. But I'm just saying, beware of spiritualizing disobedience through the deification of your own understanding. See, as we're walking in the fear of the king and the knowledge of the holy one, saying, God, give me understanding. Going back to Proverbs in nine, he says that. He, he writes that, he literally says, he literally talks about understanding, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. But so many times, we exalt our own understanding instead of saying, Holy One, King of kings, Lord of lords, what do you say about that? What do you say about that? And sometimes, sometimes you can find that, most of the time you can find that right here. Most of the time you can find his heart on any particular topic right here. Sometimes it might be a little more specific and, and you need to have something a little bit more specific. And I believe that God is so good that he'll deliver that. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the third thing is this, don't mortgage the impossible in exchange for the possible in a desire to maintain control and then call it wisdom. Let that sink in a sec. You got it. Don't mortgage the impossible in exchange for the possible in a desire to maintain control and then Call it wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Maintaining control, giving up, believing for the impossible, that's not wisdom. If God is saying, believe for this and you're looking at it and you're saying that's impossible, don't mortgage the impossible for the possible and then call it wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Not your own understanding. Not my own understanding. Listen, I'm not pointing my fingers at y'all by any stretch because I'm guilty of all this stuff. I mortgage the impossible for the possible all the time and I'm tired of it. I'm looking out at the world and I'm seeing oppression everywhere and I'm seeing people plugged into the matrix everywhere and they're just going about their, their day and all this stuff and, and I'm like, and God's going, hey, this is what I'm calling you to do and I'm going, yeah, but is that really wisdom? I know God that you're God and stuff. I know you created the universe and everything. You know, all that. Seven days and stuff. But is that really wisdom? Is it really wisdom to go to the COVID ward and pray for sick people? Again, I got tested. I'm, I'm good. Promise. Well, according to the test, which I mean, <laughs> oops, I'm not going to go down that road. 
God is calling us to simple obedience. That's another thing that I shared a few months back. God is calling us to simple obedience, but simple obedience requires understanding of his heart in a particular thing, in a particular situation, in a particular circumstance, or about a particular thing. It does. But the reality is, is that if he's king, if he's king, then who do I think I am to not just absolutely, totally, and completely throw everything I have into following everything he says? Who do I think I am? If I say that Jesus is my king, if I say that Jesus is my Lord, if I say that Jesus is my great God and Savior, if I say that I'm his, if I say I belong to him, if I say that I'm in Christ, if I say I'm new, if I say I'm born again, if I say I'm brand new, if I say I'm his, then who the heck do I think I am to not go and do the things that he tells me to go and do? I don't know if that feels heavy, but it's freedom, friends. It's freedom. So can we stand to our feet? And I want to pray for us real quick, and then I'm going to, band can come, and I'm going to turn this back over to Chris, and he can take it however he wants it. But, but I want to, I, I, you know, okay, so I'm going to go back to the Patriot here for a second. Um, so there's a scene in the Patriot, and I was just thinking about this this morning, where, uh, you know, so Mel Gibson's character, whatever, they, they, start to raise, they start to raise the militia. And they go into this, they go into this tavern, you know, and um, he's with this French guy, uh, who I believe, whatever. So he's with this French guy and, um, and they walk in and the French guy, he goes, looks at Mel Gibson, he goes, you really think this is a good place to get the people that we need? And uh, Mel Gibson looks at him, he goes, all of a sudden he yells out real loud, long live King George! And like the whole place like, you know, stops. And they start chucking stuff. And like, there's, I think knives flying at them and they run out. And, um, and they look at each other and go, yeah, I think this is the right place. So they go back in and, and uh, they set up a table and they're taking down names and basically enlisting people in the, in the militia. And so I, I, I know just from some of the conversation, even the raised hands and the excitement, I know I can feel it. I'm telling you, I know that, that you are as excited as I am about this. And, and I can't tell you that I know what all this is going to look like. I can't tell you that I have, there's, I mean, God's got a plan, right? The King of Kings, he's got, he's got marching orders. All I'm doing is saying, hey, will you believe for the impossible? Will you believe for the impossible? Will you believe with me this morning for the impossible? Will you sign up? Will you sign up to believe for the impossible? Will you say, you know what? I'm through mortgaging the impossible for the possible because I can control it and I can understand things in my own understanding. I'm, I, I'm, through, I'm through spiritualizing dis, disobedience and, and all of this other stuff. And again, I'm not picking on anybody when I say these things. I think these are common. I think these are common to us. And if we're not careful, if we don't talk about those kinds of things here, then we'll just have a nice little social club and get together on Sunday mornings and sing songs and drink coffee. And for, for me, if that's what we're gonna do, I'm gonna go home. Because I'm not here for that. I, I haven't 
we, that's not what we're here for. We didn't, we, no, I can't. You know, Jamie keeps asking me over and over. She's like, what are we going to do to keep ourselves from just becoming like so many other churches out there? And I don't know, but I'm telling you that this is a step. I believe that God is saying, will you, will you sign up for a revolution? Will you sign up for a campaign of sabotage? Will you sign up to believe for the impossible? Will you sign up to be a part of something? And what the start of that looks like is falling on our faces and saying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know your heart more. I want to know you more. And so if, if, if you're willing, I, I just, I just, you know, just, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You're the God of gods. You're everything. And Lord, we, we want to, uh, we want to walk in this, in this knowledge of you, in this fear of you, in this, in this obedience toward you, in this simplicity of, of living. Lord, just walking. Lord, just being a part, just seeing people set free. I believe that freedom is in your heart and I believe that freedom is in us and I believe that freedom is in this place. And Lord, I thank you that as we go, we take that freedom with us and that we can give that freedom away because Lord, that same mandate, when you stood up and you read from, from Isaiah and said, you know, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for the captives freedom for the captives. That same mandate is given to us. And Lord, we believe that that freedom is in us and we get to go and give it away. And so Lord, I just pray that you would continue to draw us to our knees, continue to draw us to yourself, continue to draw us face to face, that we would know you more and more as we walk with you, as we walk with you and do the things and that we go that we bear the fruit. And whatever you, we ask in your name, according to your word, according to your heart, according to your will, it would be done. If you would like to learn more about DCC, get involved with one of our ministries, or give to support us, you can find us at achurchinthecity.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Downtown Christian Church for Sunday morning set lists, uh, sermon series announcements, and more. You can also join us live on YouTube every Sunday morning for worship and teaching just by searching for Downtown Christian Church. We go live at 10 a.m. Eastern every Sunday. Thanks for listening.